BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Back with another one after a pretty busy weekend with the Canelo bout. And by the way, if you're listening to this, you've got it on the audio side. So make sure to hit a rate and review. Give us a five star. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Brian, the Canelo fight was this weekend. Obviously, he dominated against Jermel Charlo. We didn't know that when the fight was announced, but a lot of people were saying it was a boring fight. What were your thoughts on it? A lot of pushback from people uh, in the aftermath of this fight, which I found very interesting. But look, I mean... It wasn't a total surprise. I kind of expected the fight to go the way it went. I did think Jamel Charlo would put forth more of an effort. And I'm seeing other boxers like tweet and retweet, um, if we're not calling it re-X, uh, at this point, um, just like post about, oh, Jamel Charlo like didn't try hard enough. He was content with sort of being there uh, and being able to say that Canelo didn't finish him. And... I saw people draw comparisons to now, in a way, and Paul Butler, you know what I mean? Or yeah. or Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia, you know, where guys, you get to like a certain round and it's like, are they just content with getting to the finish line? I'm not going to question Jermel Charlo or, matter of fact, most boxers <laughs> who, um, you know, are in the ring and, and maybe implement that strategy. Maybe they don't, whatever. But I do think Jermel Charlo could have pushed the action more, the envelope more, but I understand why he ultimately didn't to some degree because Canelo Alvarez is Canelo Alvarez. And, you know, we saw what happened when he he sort of gained a little bit momentum in the middle rounds and then got dropped by a right hand. So um, I wish the fight was better, but, you know, I, I kind of expected Canelo to win pretty handily. That's why we picked him to win by unanimous decision on this show. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where coming into it, it was so much hype because Jermel, obviously undisputed, but in a different weight class. He also was coming up from, you know, a 16-month layoff. Like, I think those things come into effect. But to be honest with you, I'm not going to say that he didn't try, but he fought scared that whole entire fight. He definitely fought scared. So I think that was the most disappointing part about that because I think Jermel could have actually gave us some really good action because he does possess power. And then it's like all that smack-talking and then all the smack talking that wasn't, he was just happy to be there, right? Like when you think about all the pressers and everything like that, it was just, you know, mutual respect. But Canelo was saying, yo, I'll take any of the Charlos. Um, and Canelo's feeling good. It was a very dominant performance, regardless uh, if you thought that Jermel fought scared or not. And um, yeah, it's one of those fights where it was labeled as a massive super fight, but a little bit of a letdown nonetheless. Um, 
but I still think we got some good fights that are coming up. And so, you know what? Let's get right into that, Brian, because uh, things are about to get real busy in the boxing world. Welcome to the mandatory. Remember, if you like the content, hit that like and subscribe button. If you've already been rocking with us, thank you so much. We're also on the audio side, so make sure to leave a rate and review. But some big news that we're going to talk about Ryan Garcia back in the ring is Showtime going to be leaving boxing. We're going to get into all of that. But Brian, before we get into all of that, your thoughts really quickly on uh, Canelo Alvarez's dominant performance. Yeah, um, not ideal for Jamel Charlo. And I think that with Canelo Alvarez just sort of dominated him in ways that I expected. We picked him on the show to win by unanimous decision plus 125. So hopefully you catch that. I certainly did. And uh, even on points, he was minus 120, 30, depending on where you look at different points, minus 110, actually, before that. Um, So I felt like that's the direction we were heading. Canelo Alvarez was Canelo Alvarez. And I do wonder, like, it, it, the appetite. This is what I was kind of worried about, worrying about. The appetite for Jamel Charlo versus Terrence Crawford, though he says he would like to fight Terrence Crawford next. I'm not sure how much it's going to be there. So I feel like Terrence Crawford is going to be a considerable favor for that fight. Not minus 1,000, but I think we're going to be talking about more than Canelo Alvarez was a favorite now that we've seen Canelo Alvarez beat him. And Canelo Alvarez was favored by... Minus 400, 430, 480. You know what I mean? The odds was crazy. And when you think about, if you listen to this on the audio side, you kind of already heard us talk about it. But a lot of people thought that fight was a letdown. And then when you talk about Mel against Bud, like if he fought scared against Canelo, how is he going to fight against Bud? And it just makes me think it's a money grab at that point. Because if Jermel isn't fighting like Jermel, then what are we going to be paying for? And that's my only thing. I want it to be a good fight. But, I mean, nonetheless, it seems like it's a fight to happen. Even Bud had tweeted that he kind of fought scared throughout the fight. So <laughs> there's already some back and forth on Twitter between those guys. Um, and a guy that likes to go back and forth on social media quite often is Tyson Fury. And it's finally going down. We're finally going to get the undisputed fight at heavyweight. Brian Tyson Fury, Oleksandr Usyk have put the pen to the paper. They are going to be fighting in Saudi Arabia. It's either going to be in December or in January. And that obviously depends on uh, Tyson Fury's fight with Francis Ngannou. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt or nothing gets pushed back. But this is a fight that has been officially signed. Officially signed. The press release is in the inbox. So, you know, when they do that, it's officially official. And Tyson Fury, I mean, they're billing this as the one, which I feel like we just had another fight that was billed the one. But, you know, whatever. Um, Undisputed heavyweight championship. We have not had one in a very long time. And this is the fight to make it a division. So I'm glad that it's signed. Uh, Francis Agando posted something about being disrespected, uh, being that Tyson Fury is looking ahead. But you know, if you're Tyson Fury, one, if you're the heavyweight champion in the world, you're fighting Francis Agano, why wouldn't you look ahead? And two, if you're looking at some of the sparring videos and some of the, you know, pad work that Francis Agano is putting forth, uh, which, you know, no disrespect, but I just think if you're Tyson Fury looking at that, you're like, I got this. You know, if you're like me looking at that, you're impressed because like, you know, I mean, come on, 
Like, <laughs> I got hands, but I'm not like 280. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I'm not looking forward to that fight. Like, I really could care less. I'm not gonna sit here. Fury and Ganu, not yeah. Fury Usyk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fury and Ganu. I could care less about that fight. I'm happy and Ganu's getting a payday because he deserves it, and that's probably the best thing about it. But other than that, I really don't care. I'll probably still watch the fight, but that was the fight when Tyson made the fight. I was like, I want Usyk and Fury. And now we're finally getting it. So a little bit of details on that. Of course, there were questions about how this is going to be split. Usyk's team really fought for a 60-40. Tyson Fury was like, nah, that ain't happening. I'll give you 30%. Usyk is just an OG. So he was like, I'll take the 30. So it's a 70-30 split, um, which is crazy. And I honestly think that this is going to be a very, very entertaining bout. I, before coming into this one, Brian, I didn't know who I was going to take. Um, I was leaning toward Usyk, but now I don't know at all. Now I'm like, ooh, because, you know, you could argue that Fury is still the best heavyweight in the world. And Usyk got dropped in his last fight. People forget about that. He got dropped in his last fight and he's the smaller guy. And we know Tyson Fury, we've seen him in the ring. He is relentless at times. He's going to box you. And you know what? I think it's actually a good move for him to fight Francis Ngannou, get a little bit of confidence, <laughs> make a big payday, and then go and fight Usyk. But early thoughts on how you see this one unfolding. I've always leaned Tyson Fury in this fight. Um, the Danny Dubois bout which a lot of people are arguing that Daniel Dubois should have won. Was it a body shot? Was it a low mm. blow? Whatever. Like, I I think I, I, that doesn't have a real impact on me in terms of how I feel about this. I think that if it were ruled a real body shot, Usyk would have gotten up, right? Yep. Like, I, I think that because it was a low blow, he sort of milked it. Um, should it have been a real body shot, knockdown, whatever? I don't know. But like, I, I don't think Tyson Fury is going to be hurting Alexander Usyk to the body. I think it's going to be more movement. I think it's going to be more just being the dominant heavyweight that he has been in terms of using his physicality, not necessarily his power, but using his physicality with his speed to overwhelm somebody who's smaller uh, and skilled, but smaller like Usyk. Like if, I just think that if somebody's going to beat Tyson Fury, I'm not sure it's going to be Alexander Usyk unless Fury takes too many chances. Uh, and gambles uncharacteristically on himself in that way. I think it would. I think Deontay Wilder is probably like the best you can do in terms of somebody who profiles as someone who's going to be Tyson Fury to me because I think you need to have the power to drop that dude. And I'm not sure Alexander Usyk ultimately does. I don't think it's one of those things where Usyk has to have the power to drop him because I think he can outbox Fury, right? Because he is a smaller guy. I think I think I think he can. I think he has the possibility to. And obviously, AJ and Tyson Fury in two different lanes. Like, let's just keep it a buck here. But I do think it's going to be an interesting fight. I think the fact that he's smaller, the way he moves around the ring, his footwork is going to come into play in this fight. So I think it's going to be extremely entertaining. But listen, if Daniel Dubois did that to Usyk, right? Depending on whatever you think, Fury is going to have a field day with him. So I think this is the fight that we all wanted, the fans wanted. It's undisputed at heavyweight. And here at the Mandatory, we want to know how you're going to be picking this fight. Make sure to drop some comments below. How stoked are you for Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk? And when we get into the betting lines, like I think this is actually going to be pretty close. Like I could see Fury being the favorite in this one still. I think it could be like a plus 126, maybe a minus 
you know, maybe like Usyk being a plus 126 or something like that. Maybe Tyson Fury being, you know, a minus 110. I don't know. Something. I think it's going to be pretty close. I'm looking to see if they're available right now because I, it's been announced. that That's happened before. I mean, there was a time where... Buddy Spence was yeah, up there for a minute before it was, was announced. Say. It was up there for over a year before the fight actually took place. And yeah, DraftKings has a line. December 23rd is the listed date. That was one of the reported dates. So they're going with December 23rd. And I do I hope love this that. That's during Christmas time. I love that. I love the date. Yeah. Cause we never really get fights that late in the year. And like, otherwise we'd probably take those last couple of weeks of the year off, but we'll probably do that and then take off for a while. Um, the money line right now is Tyson Fury minus 245, Alexander Usyk plus 185. So a little yeah. bit, a little bit more of a gap than probably I would have thought than you thought based on what you were just saying. But I think that's kind of fair coming off the Danny Dubois fight. And ultimately, if Tyson Fury, if he struggles or plays around with Francis Ngannou, the line will probably move down. So if you're if you're if you're somebody who's looking to bet Tyson Fury over Alexander Usyk, what you want is for him to fuck around with Francis Ngannou for a bit, <laughs> so that that two four that minus two forty five on the money line comes closer to two hundred. But two to one sounds sounds about right. I'm not even tripping about that. I honestly think that the value if, on Usyk. That's what so. I'm saying. So if you're rolling with Usyk and you think that he's the better heavyweight and you think his size is going to be a factor where he moves around the ring, maybe gases out Fury because Fury. Think about it, like all that mileage, those Deontay Wilder fights, you have to think that has taken a toll on his body. That's like true. I'm also taking that into effect, like Deontay Wilder, I mean, not to get into him, but he's another guy I want to see in the ring. Um, I wanted him against Andy Ruiz. I wanted him against Anthony Joshua. Somebody. But the fact that we're getting this fight is amazing. And as I was saying, it's like the mileage on Tyson Fury's body and what he's gone through a little bit more than Usyk. Of course, of course, Usyk cleaned out the cruiserweight division, but like you said, the cruiserweight division is probably one of the most boring divisions. Not many names up in there. So not too much of a surprise, but here at the mandatory, we want to know how you're also going to bet early bets, come in, drop those comments. And of course, if you like the content, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. We do appreciate you. And shout out to everyone that has been rocking with us. We're going to move on now to Ryan Garcia. He's going to be back in the ring. It's officially been announced against Oscar Duarte on December 2nd. Of course, this is a, a DAZN broadcast. It's not going to be on pay-per-view, Brian. But your thoughts on Ryan Garcia getting back into the ring, and how do you feel about him fighting a guy like Oscar Duarte? So Oscar Duarte is, uh, I, I think he's going to be more, he's more credible than people are going to give him credit for. And I think this is exactly the type of fight that I would want Ryan Garcia to have coming off the Javante Davis loss, if that makes sense, right? Like, there's a certain level of competition you want to see off a rebound. Like, no, he's not going to lose to Javante Davis and then go right into Devin Haney, Regis Pro Ray winner, right? Like, <laughs> he's not going to fight Richardson Hitchens even, right? You want to see him fight somebody who's like, you know, got a little bit of a, a of a history of being in fights with some credible dudes. Uh, Duarte's 26-1-1 with 21 knockouts. He can crack. He's a lightweight that's going to come up to 140, and which, you know, unsurprisingly, that's part of the boxing business is you find a guy who's credible in the weight class right below, and you sort of make them come up a few pounds. So 
you know, it is what it is. But Oscar Duarte, Mexican style fighter, which Chantel, that's that's your bag right there. Yeah. Um, knocked out Alex Martin, who's been in the ring with some credible dudes. And also, this was interesting to me as I was looking this up because I had forgotten this happened. But he stopped Roger Gutierrez. Roger Gutierrez, this was in 2018. Roger Gutierrez became WBA super featherweight uh, champion at one point uh, or fought for the title, um, actually was uh somebody who was gonna fight hector luis garcia or was gonna fight chris colbert actually and then he was replaced by hector luis garcia because you know injury illness whatever it was and then hector luis garcia came in and beat the shit out of chris colbert roger garcia uh roger gutierrez sorry guys uh new apartment you know what i'm saying so i'm just I'm a little frazzled right now but roger gutierrez came in and then hector luis garcia beat him too and ultimately, yeah, I think that this is a, a, a good test for Ryan Garcia. See where you at. See if you could stop this guy. Um, and then we'll see him back in a, in a bigger fight in the spring. And I think logically, logically, and Oscar uh, De La Hoya said this, he wants to make Ryan Garcia versus Teofimo Lopez or uh, Devin Haney, presumably maybe even Regis Pro Ray if he beats Devin Haney, on like Super Bowl weekend in February. Now, if Ryan Garcia is fighting in December, I'm not sure he's going to do that. Yeah. But look, Ryan Garcia versus uh, Teofimo Lopez or Devin Haney or Regis Progray, sign me up. Yeah, Oscar Duarte, I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on him. He does have power. 21 of his 26 wins are by knockout. And I think he's a guy that he does some really nice body work. I mentioned the power. I think he shells up a lot. So I do think he's going to be taking a lot of punches. Like that's the only thing I really, really don't like um, about his fight style is the fact that he uses the high guard so much. But I think that bows in Ryan Garcia's favor because that's what we want to see from Ryan Garcia. We just saw him come off the Tank Davis fight and it was the highest selling pay-per-view of this year. And everyone's like, well, why is he fighting Oscar Dorte? But this is actually a good fight for him. Um, do not sleep on him. He's Mexican style boxer. Um, he is going to bring it. I think he has a good jab, but it's just, this is the perfect fight for Ryan to get back in the mix. Because remember after that fight, there was all of this drama that came about Oscar, um, De La Hoya wasn't at the presser, the post-fight presser. Nobody from his, the, you know, golden boy was. And Ryan Garcia was trying to leave uh, Oscar De La Hoya at one point. And then it was like he moved over to Derek James as his new trainer. Like there was a lot of transitions that Ryan Garcia went through. Now, is this the fight that I personally wanted after coming off a Tank Davis fight? I'm not saying this is a bad fight. I think this is a really good, not, I wouldn't even say a tune-up fight. This is a real fight for Ryan. Because even before Tank Davis, there were performances where we were like, I don't know, like, it was that a good performance? Like, I don't think Ryan Garcia has had a stellar performance. Like, one, one. Which one would you say? Which, Javier, which, Javier Fortuna. He yeah, the Javier better. Fortuna one, he did because definitely look better. Former champ Javier Fortuna, right? People forget about that. Right, and Fortuna's a real dude. Like, yeah. he's not, I understand that he's not, you know, at the Ryan Garcia level at the Javante Davis level but Fortuna's a real dude that at that point of his career it's like you have to remember Ryan Garcia he gets dropped by Luke Campbell and then it's like all right so well that was the thing that push him well that's what we wanted to see yeah and remember he was supposed to fight Jojo Diaz at one point Mm. and uh then he had to get surgery on his hand so this is a good fight but I just think in in terms of it being a big name I would have liked him to fight Adrian Broner 
You know, I would have been into that fight. I could have been into Tevin Farmer, <laughs> right? I could have been into Montana well, Tevin, Love. I could have uh, been into Montana. Like, I'm just talking about the the names, right? Because we're sitting over here. We're like, yo, don't sleep on Oscar Duarte. That's what we're saying. I mean, he, I right? think Oscar Duarte could beat Montana Love. Yeah, but just but point. think about it. Which one is the bigger name? Like, that's the comparison that I'm trying to make here. Sure. I mean, I get I, I don't know. Montana Love is not, but he's not like... It's if a we, more if, known name. It's a more known name in guess, North America. I, that, that's all I'm I trying think, to say. I think it doesn't matter because, like, if you're doing the casual fight fan test, and I text my friends, "Have you heard of Montana Love?" Nobody's gonna say anything. And then if I send them the viral clip of him throwing Steve Spark out of the ring, they'll probably be like, "Oh, maybe I've seen that before." That's it. You know? But I think they might know him better than Oscar Duarte. I'm only. I don't think they're gonna this. know either. If I'm being honest. Well, <laughs> if you're a Ryan Garcia fan, you're probably not gonna know either right because ryan garcia he transcends the sport like he brings in a lot of viewers that aren't necessarily boxing fans or casual boxing fans but i'm just saying necessarily coming off a pay-per-view with tank like the bigger name i wouldn't have minded him being in a ring with a bigger name not to say like yo i'm gonna sleep on oscar dorte like that's not the point i'm hyped for this fight i think he's actually gonna give ryan garcia you know some action in the ring because of the skills that he possesses but when I take a look at those other guys that I just mentioned, I could have been down for one of those fights. And I think that would have been a bit, a bigger billing is what I'm trying to say, you know, where people would be like, okay, Ryan's coming off a tank fighting one of these guys that um, have more cachet, regardless of if you think Dorte is, um, you know, going to beat Montana love or something like that. I think he could beat Montana love, especially after <laughs> Montana loves last performance. But, uh, be bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly. When you place your first wager at bet MGM, simply download the bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And and if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Before we get out of this, Brian, your final thoughts on Ryan Garcia returning to the ring and your expectations for him, especially at 140 pounds. You got me looking up, like, who are some of the guys maybe at 140 um, who wouldn't have to move up to from lightweight. But then again, he made somebody move up from lightweight. But I'm looking at who are some of the other guys at 140 who, you know, probably could have fulfilled, like, what you're talking about. Sandor Martinez one. Don't know what Perfect. he's up to. Tricky but... fighter, though. I don't know if he would win that fight, <laughs> right? I don't know. Like, the, the guys that I listed, I think Ryan can beat. You want right? to talk about being tested. I mean, <laughs> Sandor Martinez is somebody who... Listen, some people would argue that he beat uh, Teofimo Lopez. Lopez, and he did beat Mikey Garcia, right? Like, he's Well, I mean, fight. Mikey Garcia is not what we thought Mikey Garcia was going to be at one point, right? I, I mean, let's be serious. Like, we thought Mark, Mikey Garcia was going to be that dude, but I don't think he, like, had his heart in it near the end, right? So, Jose Pedraza? 
I mean, top I fight. I, top I, fight. I, is he still with top rank? Uh, um, but like, I think I think these are the kind of guys. And then if you're looking at lightweights, you could convince to come up. You mentioned Tevin Farmer. I don't think Tevin Farmer is coming up because he's talking about being a champion at lightweight, which the last guy he knocked out was under 500, his record. But he's looking to position himself as a contender. So we'll see how that goes. But I'd watch that fight if it were to happen. Um, yeah. uh, speaking of tricky fighters, by the way, um. Ryan Garcia, I mean, he's at the zone, so he's not going to fight an Isak Cruz. That would be fun, though. But that's just not going to happen promotionally because the sport is a sport, and it is what it is. Um, and William Zepeda, he's not coming up from lightweight. But he no. did beat Mercito Hesta in his last fight. A and very Hesta, good performance. Very good performance. Hesta is like, that's a real dude in the ring. And well, he, he was supposed to... Not supposed to strong, but he was rumored to fight Ryan Garcia earlier this year mm -hmm. when Ryan Garcia was contemplating taking a tune-up or a stay busy fight before the Tank Davis fight because Tank Davis fought Hector Garcia before that. Ryan Garcia, there was talk about him fighting Hesta, and that didn't happen. Which I think that level of I think that I think this Oscar Duarte fight is actually like that level of fight, which is fine. No, but, it is. And you know. to be to be honest with you, after what William Zapata did to Hesta, it's just like if Ryan didn't come in and knock him out that quick, like it would have been like, oh, why didn't Ryan knock him out? So actually, I actually think this is a better fight because it's actually a formidable opponent. I'm just talking about like the name, like the cachet of yeah. it, right? It's a little bit different, but I think we're all going to be pretty surprised when we see Ryan in the ring and he wants a good performance. It's not supposed to be a tune-up fight. I would, I would not say this is a tune-up fight. And that's another thing too, right? Um, how is he going to look under the tutelage of a guy like Derek James, who of course, uh, you know, Spence, he took that L with Spence. And now with Jermel Charlo. I mean, at least his camp is crazy. At least AJ won. Right. Uh, Trainer AG. of the year last year uh, and, you know, taking a couple of high profile L's, but help position the fighters to take those fights. So that's what's important. And uh, if Anthony Joshua does get that Deontay Wilder fight, might have another uh, high profile loss this year. But I don't think that fight's happening this year. But I I'd love to be wrong. But I just I just don't believe in it like that. So it is what it is. For sure. Drop your comments <laughs> below. Let us know what you think about Ryan Garcia's fight. Are you hyped for him and Oscar Duarte? And uh, let us know if you had in your th mind he maybe he should fight a guy like Montana Love, maybe a Jose Pedraza, which I think would be a really dope fight. Uh, Sandor Martin. That's the you one thought for me. That, By Sandor uh, Martin. I want to see tough. if he figures that out. <laughs> I think that's too tough. As like a tune-up fight, Oscar Duarte is too. But I mean, Sandra Martin. Listen, that's a really, really tricky fight. I don't know. I don't know how that one would go. I, I, I would probably lean towards Sandra Martin. I'm not even gonna play with you. Um, but let us know. Drop your comments below. Are you hyped for this Ryan Garcia fight? It's not gonna be on pay-per-view. Uh, it's just gonna be on a regular uh, DAZN. If you have the app, you'll be able to watch it. Uh, nonetheless, drop your comments and remember if you like the content, smash that like button, hit that subscribe button as well. And speaking of losses, Brian, Showtime Showtime might be leaving the business of boxing. There's been a lot of rumors. Uh, we've seen a lot of tweets. I don't know if they're still called tweets, uh, but a lot of rumors there are circulating. In our hearts. That's all yeah. that matters. A lot of rumors circulating that Al Heyman is looking for a new network deal because Showtime is moving out of the business of boxing. Your thoughts on this? Allegedly. Uh, Steven Espinoza said, like, before, this is not the Al Heyman piece of it, which this is the important distinction, but 
he has said before, like, yeah, there's been rumors about Showtime potentially leaving boxing. We're just going to focus on making fights. This has been something that's been talked about for years. And I think it really sort of uh, peaked rumor-wise once HBO left. And it was like, how long are they going to be with Showtime? I didn't think they would. This, this is probably the most real it's felt. And I do, I, obviously, I hope they don't. Showtime puts on some of the best fights or a lot of the best fights now. Like a lot of the big fights that we've talked about this year, Canelo Charlo was a big fight. Dud, but a big fight nonetheless. And um, that was a Showtime bout. Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence, which had fight of the year potential, which is, I think, still probably the most memorable fight we'll have this year. Not the best and most competitive, but the most memorable one, which counts for something, right? And it's super high profile, Showtime fight. Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, the biggest pay-per-view of the year, numerically, Showtime fight. And it's not to say, like, it can't be done anywhere else necessarily, but I've always enjoyed Showtime productions. And, you know, from the standpoint of covering fights, like, I like how Showtime goes about their business um, with respect to top-ranked zone matchroom, I should say, um, et cetera. Like, I just, I've always appreciated how, showtime sort of handles media um compared to others and uh i i think that a lot of that could still stay intact if they left showtime as a network but showtime is like an official like it's a real brand but yeah you know let's be serious like i don't i don't know how showtime sports is doing right they have an entire showtime basketball division that somebody who's a basketball head like me doesn't really pay attention to because I get basketball content from elsewhere, right? Like, <laughs> there's not a lot of content they push out of there either. Like, sure, they have all the smoke and they have uh, Rachel Nichols on there and everything like that. But I mean, this is not a basketball podcast, but they don't push out too much. Content. No, but this, but this matters in terms of the business yeah. of it, right? Like the direction that things are going. I'm not sure that boxing is in the plans and that's that's kind of what this all goes back to it's like the direction that hbo was going at one point you could see where boxing doesn't become a priority right leadership changes and then it's like all right somebody comes in this happened to the barclay center there used to be fights at barclay center all the time showtime pbc had like a brand brooklyn boxing right that whenever the fights would come it's a brooklyn boxing event we haven't had a fight at the barclay center like all year which is crazy to think about um I don't know when we're going to get one. There was rumored to be one uh, in July between Danny Garcia or August, Danny Garcia, Edison, right. that didn't happen. Right. And it's like, we're not, we're not getting the fights in New York like that. And Showtime would usually be putting them on where they're at the Barclays. Whenever it was the Barclays it's a Showtime fight, whenever it's at Madison Square Garden, it was like an HBO and then later ESPN fight. And all that is changing. And I think that what we're going to see is I wonder how long ESPN and Top Rank are going to do business together. I think it's been successful, but I don't I don't know if they're running to put on like I was watching the Venado Lopez fight and I was like ESPN didn't really promote this at all. They just kind of put it in the corner during first take, like Lopez versus whoever. And they're not telling you who these people are, and I'm wondering like is it just going to be one of these things that gets swallowed by either a streamer or is it just going to be Amazon comes in? And it's like, all right, we're going to make this a thing. But I don't know who's running to get behind the business of boxing, even though Jake Paul has happened, even though boxing's had a pretty good year in terms of super fights. These are the questions I have. Yeah, um, I let Ryan, Brian go on a little bit of a rant there. Uh, you talked for a minute, man. Uh, finally, I get to say something about this. But 
<laughs> uh, just to give I have a lot bit. of thoughts when it comes to the business of how all this works. So. You know, I think the biggest thing about this is I think we kind of saw this um, like foreshadowing happening, right? When HBO left the business of boxing, which I thought HBO did it the best. Like I miss boxing being on HBO. There was always the question of how long is Showtime going to hold on to boxing? And now we're hearing all these reports that if Showtime does continue with boxing, it's going to be like one-off pay-per-view events. There's not going to be a show box, which is interesting because, of course, then you were seeing up-and-coming fighters. And the interesting part about that is usually for show box as well for those you know fights before even um, the undercard or anything like that, YouTube would sometimes you could see show box on YouTube. And we're talking about different networks that Al Heyman could go to. I think one really interesting one could be YouTube because there's YouTube TV. You talked about Amazon. I really think that maybe boxing could be on Amazon Prime, uh, just like how they're doing the NFL. Apple would be a huge one. I think Apple TV would be the wrong move because let's take a look at what the MLS is doing right now. Like nobody's really catching those games unless you have Apple TV or you're like a huge, huge soccer fan. Um, I don't know how it's being played there in the States, but here in Canada, like we're getting games that aren't even local teams. We're getting like Seattle and Atlanta, even though Seattle's like two hours away from here uh, where I live. But nonetheless, it's one of those things where it's like, I think that was a wrong move for the MLS to go to Apple TV and wherever boxing goes, there's always the question of is boxing dying? Not when you take a look at the pay-per-view numbers. Not when you take a look at what Tank and Ryan did. Not when you take a look at what Canelo just did with Charlo. Like the numbers are still coming in and people still care about it. But how can they give us this product that boxing fans want to see and that makes it more accessible? You talked about Top Rank. The one thing that I noticed is Top Rank, ESPN Plus does its thing, right? Um, And everything is kind of more in a streaming base now. I think the one thing that we have to realize is as much as we grew up with network television, it's now called linear TV. It sounds old, right? <laughs> like the, even the even the name linear TV sounds old. So I think when you take a look at it in that standpoint, boxing has to find a place where it's going to be able to live and grow. And I think one of the best places that could possibly do that is probably YouTube, to be honest with you, because everyone's on YouTube. YouTube TV is a great platform. We're on We're on YouTube doing a boxing show. There's so many different boxing outlets on YouTube. And if you're a boxing fan and you want to find something, you can't really go anywhere. Like I can't really go on like, yeah, sure. You know, Showtime will post some stuff. Showtime boxing has its own X page or whatever the hell it's called now. Uh, You know, IG page and stuff like that. But if I really want content, I go on YouTube for it. So I honestly think YouTube TV could be one of those platforms. It's interesting though, because I think it all really necessarily depends on like, how this is all going to go. And this is going to shift everything. If you think about it, because then what is top rank going to do? Personally, top rank is my favorite. I like it over showtime. Um, top rank's always been my favorite. So I'm interested in seeing, I don't see ESPN leaving the business of boxing, but right now there's so many changes at ESPN where you're like, is, are they going to leave boxing? There's a big possibility. The one thing that I don't want to happen is either of these go on to zone. <laughs> Because uh, you know how people feel about matchroom boxing. I mean, don't get it twisted. I have the zone. I use it often. I watch all the matchroom boxing fights. They have a NFL Sunday ticket on there. Um, they have a bunch of stuff on there. So I have it, but I specifically got it for football. Um, you know, and then I get all the boxing fights. But I think the zone is in the running for it too. 
um, you know, they could strike a deal with Al Heyman. But listen, here's the thing. If they did do that, then it makes it easier for, you know, Al Heyman to make more fights with uh, matchroom boxing. Like, that's what it comes down to, right? So if they were on the same network like DAZN, hey, maybe we, we would get bigger fights. And I think that's the biggest question coming into this. Are we going to continue to get those big fights? Because I think there's a way that boxing can win, but it's all about money and who wants to make the money. So those are kind of my thoughts on it, Brian. Any last thoughts before we get up uh, out of here? Yeah, I don't know if the sport is winning as a whole because I think while we have gotten the high-profile fights this year, when you're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, the sport beyond that, it's, it's kind of like, doesn't it feel like anything else where the people at the top are winning? And then everyone else in the middle is kind of like in a weird place. Like, yeah, dudes are getting paid, but also you have, again, prospects fighting once or twice in a year. You have champions that are inactive. You have champions that are fighting once in a year. And that's not helping the sport either, whether that's the fighter, whether that's promotional, whether that's injury, like, Bad luck, like Virgil Ortiz, for example, who's going to fight multiple times this year. He kept having problems, and now we don't even know if he can make welterweight at this point, right? And it looked like one of the best prospects in the sport coming up. And I think if the sport is going to live somewhere, yeah, it's probably going to be YouTube because a long time ago, the networks determined boxing wasn't that important. And so then people just started doing things on YouTube. And now YouTube is probably where you would find the most boxing content which is fine, but that also means like these networks aren't taking it seriously. Is that a mistake on their part? The numbers would show that it's probably not, generally speaking, because boxing pay-per-views, like the, the one occasional fight every couple months does pretty well. Is that enough for them to have a constant partner? Is probably the math that people are doing, which is why HBO got out. Showtime yeah. may get out. Like th this is why, and it's like boxing needs to be in a better state to become a priority again. Or does it just benefit them to just do it themselves and be on YouTube, whether it's PBC or somebody else? Because I think PBC has the resources to just do it themselves if they want to. I think people have more real resources than they realize. But I think, uh, yeah, I think wherever, wherever, if there's a pivot from Showtime, because, you know, let's still deal with ifs because we don't know what's going to actually happen. But if there's a pivot from Showtime, yeah, I think that YouTube is going to be a big part of whatever it is. Because that would make a lot of sense because that's where the majority of boxing fans are because they're not getting their content from ESPN all the time no, because no. Who, who is talking about it? The only time that the big shows on ESPN, because ESPN basically, as Dan Levitar says, is basically an infomercial to get you to the games and the events that they have. So they'll talk about a big fight when, one, if it's going to be a top-ranked one, but two, if it's a pay-per-view, it's like they'll talk about it then. So this is once every couple months. But you know what? It's not even the content that you necessarily want. Like when it is a big fight, like no. No, like I'm not going to sit here and lie. Um, and this is no heat towards a guy like Stephen A. Smith. But when Max was on there, I want to hear what Max has got to say about this. Right? I'm not really turning on first take or something like that to hear them talk about who's going to win, win against uh, Canelo and Jermel Charlo. Like as a diehard boxing fan. Like that's not my first go-to. Is it yours? No. Never it, yeah. but like it, it, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I'm not, I don't consume a lot of boxing content in the whole. Um, because I just, I just don't, I just don't think that there's a lot of, uh, I'll be careful about the wording here, but like I find a lot more basketball things that I like, 
of course what i would say yeah but i also don't think that we get the content that we get from like basketball and nfl from boxing we like, don't that's the at issue all. right so I, I think that's why because i'm in the same boat with you i don't consume boxing content at all the most content i consume is ours <laughs> you know, like, and, and it's not yeah better. and i don't yeah not at the risk of sounding like you know like that but no i get what you're saying because a lot of see I feel like basketball as a whole, as an industry, as a sport, is covered more fairly, generally speaking. You have more professionals actually covering it. You have more professionals talking about it. Now, you could argue about who's doing what and who's bought with who. Like, there was the, people were accusing Woes of being bought by the Portland Trailblazers. And that's why he was <laughs> reporting the way he was reporting. People were accusing people were accusing Chris Haynes of being in Damian Lillard's corner. And that's why that yeah. played out the way it was. Like at the end of the day, everybody is somebody's mouthpiece, quote unquote. But in boxing, it's like it, it, in basketball, it's like, OK, you have reporters that are reporting the side that they're getting it from the best. Whereas in boxing, there's barely any reporting going on. It's just arguing on behalf of who you think is your favorite fighter or whatever. And people are just. You know, as 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 Lou DeBella said on our show, mother effing each other in the name of their favorite fighter. And these are, you know, people with large followings, which, you know, I personally, I'm not going to get down like that. Mm -hmm. Respect to people who are, I guess, because like, you know, that's how they're making their bread. But that's just not how I choose to do it. But in boxing, that's generally what you find. And that's why when you look at who's actually, you know, on these sort of reporter roles, it's the same people at the same sort of you know, working at the same different outlets. They're just moving around a little bit. Mike Coppinger wasn't always at ESPN. He was at The Athletic first, and he's one of the only newsbreakers that the sport has. And a lot of people in the sport mother F him um, because he's an actual reporter, right? Even though he doesn't get things right all the time, nobody does. And I'm off on a little bit of a tangent, but you could see that I have a lot of like festering sort of thoughts about the boxing business and why people don't take it seriously as both a sport and just as an industry, which is separate from the sport and just how it runs. And so. you know, and you know what? Um, a great episode. If you guys haven't checked it out, uh, Lou DeBella, who we should try to probably get up back on the show again, Brian. That would be a good all, time because all this news has come out. Go check that out because he talked about uh, the state of boxing on that episode. It was actually our first episode ever here on the mandatory. If you click on our interview section, you'll see all the interviews there. Um, but before we get up and out of here, I just want to say thank you for everyone that rocked with us on the Canelo Charlo live. We appreciate you. Uh, we're going to bring you some more content, of course course and if you want us to do more lives drop some comments below let us know what you think about the state of boxing the business of boxing and where you would like to see pbc go um if showtime does leave boxing uh let us know drop some comments below and uh, we'll be with some more content for you very very soon some uh sneaky good fights uh that are obviously actually coming up brian uh final thoughts before we get up and out of here i should probably shut up <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and with that being said, we out of here. <laughs>
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.